Well, today's our last Sunday in our series, He Knows It's Been Over Hebrews. Next week, we're going to start a new series called Better Together that's going to look at Proverbs. It's going to talk about relationship and friendship and togetherness, and I'm excited about that and where God's leading us with that. Uh, But before we get there, we're going to finish out today. We're going to be talking about faith. We will be in Hebrews chapter 11, and we want you guys to go ahead and turn there and whatever you might be using, whether it be a Bible app or physical Bible. Also, if you do use the Bible app, we do have an event in the app that you can follow along with as well. Um, Before we get started, I do want to say something that I feel led to say and feel that it's important that I say. Uh, This Sunday is Barb and Marie's last Sunday with us. They have been exemplary members, persons of faith. They have been caring and loving and eager to serve at Crosspoint and have been uh, wonderful members here for a long time. They are moving to Texas. You two will be deeply missed. We appreciate everything absolutely that you have done for us and uh, for our students and just for the entire church and um, you will be missed. We love you guys and uh, I don't mean to embarrass you or call attention to you but uh, I felt that God needed me to say that and I need to say that as well. Uh, So let's dive in shall we? So Cordelia loves to go to the pool, don't you? You love the swimming pool? You don't want me to, well, you said you wanted to stand up here, but I can't even talk about you, so what's the problem with that? Cordelia absolutely loves the pool. She loves it, and if we let her, she would spend all day in the pool, like never getting out, just splashing and playing and doing different games and whatever it is uh, that, that she can come up with, she loves it, but I think maybe one of her most favorite things to do is to jump off the side of the pool into my arms, right? Um, But it didn't start out that way. When I first tried to get her to do that, she needed some coaxing, right? She needed to uh, build her faith and understand that uh, I was going to catch her like I said I would, and I wouldn't let her go below the water, and that everything was going to be okay. And the first time she did it, it took a a long time. (laughs) It took a long time. It seemed like an hour, and it was probably only like six minutes or so, but it seemed like forever. And I, you know, I was trying to tell her, you know, you could trust me, Cordelia. You could trust me. Remember all the times I tell you I'm going to do something, I do it, and, and, and you can believe, you can believe what I'm saying. You can jump into my arms. And eventually, eventually she did that. She jumped into my arms, and she realized that I was going to do exactly what I said I would do. I did catch her. I didn't let her go, go below the water, and uh, everything worked out. And each time after that, it's easy. Now she just goes to the side of the pool and jumps off before I'm ready, and I have to, like, rush over there to catch her, you know. But because she took that leap of faith and she stepped out in faith and she saw that everything was okay, every time after that, it's easier to do. Our relationship with God is much the same, right? There's going to be some time in our relationship with God that he calls us to jump off the side of a pool like a little kid jumping in their, their father's arms, And he wants us to step out and do that in faith. And it won't be comfortable, and we won't have all the answers, and there's always that fear that maybe we'll fall beneath the water. But each time we put our faith in God and we see that everything is okay, that things are going to work out the way God says they're going to work out, it makes it easier to put our faith in God the next time. Hebrews chapter 11 regales tale after tale of faith rewarded. It's proof that when you step out in faith, when you do what God has called you to do, God will provide, 
God will answer exactly like he says he will answer, and you will be rewarded for that. If you persevere to the end, heaven is yours, right? And so that's what we're talking about today, faith, faith. How can we be better persons of faith? And the first thing that we have to understand is that faith is a choice. Faith is a choice that you and I make. Just like Cordelia jumping into the pool into my arms, it's a choice that she made. It's a choice that we have to make to trust God, to follow God, and to go where he leads. Hebrews 11, 1 and 2 tells us that now faith is assurance of the things hoped for and conviction of the things not seen. For by it, people of old receive their commendation. So one of those people, the very first people that are mentioned in this chapter that receive commendation for their actions is Abel. Now verse 4 says, By faith Abel offered God a more accepting sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Now see, Abel and Cain, they were brothers. They had uh, the exact same resources, the same upbringing, the same teachings, their difference in the decision they made to offer God their very best in sacrifice was their choice. Was their choice. And while Abel decided that he would give God his best, Cain withheld his best for himself. And that's a danger I think that we can all get into in life, that we withhold the best of ourselves for ourselves or our family. And we can justify that by saying, well, this is my life and no one else understands how hard it is to live that life. A lot of times we justify that in giving. We talk about giving, right? A lot of us struggle with tithing. I have admitted this in the past. I have not been a good tither my whole life um, because I did the work, right? Like I was working. That's my money. My family needs that money. And so it's hard for me, uh, or I should say was hard for me to, to give that 10% that God calls us to give. But each time I would do that, each time I would give what I felt God was calling me to give, I noticed that money was still there. And the only thing that had increased was my discipline and my rightness with God. And so we can apply that to all areas of our faith, that a lot of times God calls us to do something that we're not exactly comfortable doing, and it's kind of like sandpaper, right? <laughs> Like we're being sanded down. God's like smoothing our rough edges out. And, and we, we're not real comfortable with it and we're not really excited about it. And sometimes we even go into it begrudgingly. It's kind of like, well, God's calling me to do this, so I'm going to do it. But I'm not, not feeling real great about it right now. But then we do it and we notice, man, you know what? Things worked out okay. Even better than I thought they would. Like if I had been left to my own devices and I had done this all my own, it wouldn't have turned out this well. And so the next time God does call and he says, hey, I want you to go this way or do that thing or make this decision, it's easier for you to say, you know, last time it worked out. I did what God wanted me to do and everything turned out great. I'm going to do what God wants me to do again. Abel chose to offer his best. Will you choose to offer your best to God as well? That's a decision that every single one of us has to make. Because at the end of the day, faith isn't something that we're born with. It's not just something that we're naturally good at. It's a choice that we have to make. That's what it is. Here's the thing about faith, and God knows this. Faith ain't easy. Faith ain't easy. It's just not. 
It's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to deny self and do whatever God would want you to do. It's not real easy to believe in things that you can't physically see. Right? And any time you have to let go of the reins, it's just not comfortable. I like control. I, I can't speak for the rest of you guys, but I like to be in control. I like to know what's happening next. I like to know what I'm doing. I like to be able to make my own decisions. I like to rule the roost, so to speak. And so when God calls me to do something that I maybe didn't have in my mind as some option of what maybe God wanted me to do, it scares me. And I kind of push back against that. God, are you sure? <laughs> Did you mean to say that to somebody else? Because there's this guy right next to me. Maybe you were talking to him and it just flowed over. I don't know. Right, but that's not how God works. Abel's faith eventually led to his death. Why? Because Cain got jealous of the fact that God accepted his sacrifice and killed his brother. Sometimes putting our faith in God means losing if only for a little while. If only for a little while. Because if we look back at the verse, it says um, in verse 4, By faith Abel offered to God a more accepting sacrifice than Cain, and through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith... Though he died, he still speaks. So Abel lost for a little while. Yes, he lost his life, but he was counted as righteous by God. And so, yes, in losing his life, he went to heaven to be with God. And there's his reward. And still to this day, who do we talk about? Abel, Cain and Abel. We, talk, we tell their story. And so all these thousands of years later, after this action took place, we're still remembering the insurmountable faith that it took for Abel to say, I'm going to do exactly what God told me to do even though I know that my brother probably is not going to. And I know what his reaction may be. And I'm going to do it anyways. And in a way, I'm sure that that was nerve-wracking for him, but he knew that this is what God wanted from me and so he was going to give it regardless of the outcome. What kind of faith is that? That maybe we could all have just a little bit of that. That we're going to do what God calls us to do regardless of the outcome. What if we say yes instead of no? What might God do through us? How can we, how can we be comfortable with the idea that things will not go the way we want them to? That's by believing in God, that's by knowing who God is, and that's by looking at chapters like this in the Bible that tell us about the history of those who chose faith instead of self. In verse 7 it says, By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he was condemned, by this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it was for Noah? Like, think about this. Noah just decides when everything's going well in the world, at least in people's eyes, to, he's just going to start building this giant boat. He's going to build this ark. And people are like, dude, what are you doing? Well, I'm building an ark. Why? Well, God told me to do it because there's going to be this huge flood. All right. <laughs> sure. Like, 
Can you imagine how people were talking behind his back about his choice? Can you believe? No, that guy's nuts. Who the heck builds a boat that size? Can't just a normal boat still float? Like, it's just you and your family. Why do you need something that big? What are you doing? He's ruining his whole wife's life over there, you know. She's just taking everything, building a boat. And I think what would have happened if Noah let others' opinions of what he was doing and the decisions he was making affect what he did and the decisions he made? Do you ever let people's opinions of you dictate what you do for God? Have you ever been in that position where you said, I feel like God's calling me to do this, but I also feel like people are going to feel a certain way about it, and so I'm not going to do it. Because I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want there to be that tension in my relationship with other people, and, and I just I don't think it's going to be good. So rather than do what God says, I'm just not going to do it, and we're going to hope everything uh, equals out and becomes okay. And if Noah would have done that, we would not be here. <laughs> Right? None of us. Like, imagine if Phil decides to start building a boat in his backyard tomorrow. I just, and I'm not saying, I'm saying like I just, he's like knocking down his neighbor's fence. He's like, look, I need this land. I got to build a boat. And the flood's coming. Everybody's going to be like, I told you Phil's nuts. I told you. I knew something was up with that guy. Verse 17 goes on to state that by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. Uh, wait, scratch. We're going to go a little before. Verse 8 says that by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Show of hands, who's good to pack up and just go until God says stop? Anybody? Anybody? Going down? That's what I thought. And I don't blame you for that. Like... Who doesn't want that sort of answer? It's like, I'm good with going somewhere. I feel like God's calling me to go. You want me to move to Alaska? I don't know what I'm going to do there, but if you really are calling me to do it, I'll do it. I just need to know, like, where am I going to live in Alaska? What's my house going to look like? What are the, you know, what school are my, is my daughter going to go to? How are we going to find work? That type of thing. Like, everybody needs answers, we think, and that's a normal opinion, and yet God called Abraham, pack up all your stuff and just go, and I'll tell you when to stop. And Abraham's like, okay. Okay. What kind of crazy faith is that? See, but Abraham did do what God wanted him to do, and he found plenty. He found plenty. His estate blossomed, and I mean, just everything worked out because he followed God's will for his life. In verse 17, which is what I jumped to a second ago, says, By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Now see, this is the son that he and Sarah had wanted for so incredibly long. If you, I feel like we all know the story of Abraham and Sarah, but just in case not, let's brief. Abraham and Sarah wanted a kid. Couldn't have a kid. Not for a really long time. Like, she didn't get pregnant until she's in her 90s. Anybody in their 90s, 80s, 70s ready to have a new kid? Hmm? Anyone? Anyone ready for this? No? Hmm? Clyde? Maxine? You guys, <laughs> you want a new child? Right? But they had waited for so long, this promise that God had given them that you will have a son of your own. And at one point, even took, 
you know, things in their own hands, and Sarah sends her maidservant over, and is like, look, I can't give you a kid, so you have a kid with her. And that did not work out well. Things went real bad because they worked outside of God's plan, and they didn't have faith in what God told them would do, and so they took things into their own hands and nosedive. Big fail. And God said, look, I told you that I was going to do this for you. I'm going to, this is going to happen. Believe in me, have faith in me. And God was faithful to the promise that he gave to them and they had a child. And then God tested them. And he told Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. Think about that. Those of you that have kids, those of you that have any loved one, it doesn't have to be a kid. Think about what if God was like, hey, I need you to sacrifice them. For one, now we'd be like, uh, first of all, you need to go get some help. Okay, we need to get you on some medicine. You need to check into an institution, and we need to figure this out. But here Abraham is having heard God's voice time after time after time, and he had stepped out in faith, and everything had worked out. And so God comes, and he says, I want you to sacrifice your son Isaac. And Abraham said, what? Okay. But I can guarantee you he wasn't happy about it, and I can guarantee you... He didn't agree with it. And I can guarantee you he had no clue what was going on. But he said, you know, every time God has called me to step out in faith, I did so and it worked out. And so he did what God asked him to do. And God was testing his faith for a reason to come. And, and once Abraham had proved that he was faithful to God, God made a covenant through Isaac. He stopped the dagger, by the way, in case anybody doesn't know the story. Isaac did not die. And God said, hey, through your son, I'm going to make your descendants more numerous than the stars. And to a man in that day and age, you have to understand that that was everything. That was everything. Like legacy, what you leave behind, what people will remember you by, was everything. And so his descendants were going to number the stars. Like, we're all 15th cousins or something. You know? Faith is rewarded. Faith is rewarded. If we hear nothing else today, understand that, that your faith will be rewarded. If we go back to verse 6, near the beginning of the chapter, it tells us that with Without faith, it is impossible to please him, meaning God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith is a requirement. Faith is a requirement. We have to believe in God. It's John 3.16. Whoever believes, receives, right? If you, if you believe in God, you receive the blessing of Jesus Christ's blood, what it secured on the cross for you. Faith is a requirement. I, I listen to all kinds of things at work because I sit at a computer uh, all day and I listen to different political pundits from all different parties and, and different things. And there's a, a young guy, he's pretty popular among conservatives. His name is Ben Shapiro. And he's pretty smart. Now, you may not agree with his politics. and I'm not getting political. I, I don't care uh, anything about that, to be completely honest. But he's, he is a pretty intelligent guy. He's very articulate and can back up his stances with argument after argument after argument. Um, but somebody 
during a Q&A, asked him about his faith. Now, Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jew, so it's safe to say that he probably doesn't believe everything quite the way that we do. Um, but they asked him about, they said, why God? Why, why your faith in God? And he said something that has stuck with me, and I, I'm going to try to get it right here. And this is what he said. He said, I don't believe in God. I know in God. And I don't have faith. I have trust. And that blew me away, especially with everything I had been studying up this week. I, I don't just believe in God. I know in God, and I don't have faith in God. I have trust in God. Now, that's the ultimate. I think that's where all of us need to be. It's not just merely faith that things are going to work out. It's, it's a knowledge. It's a trust that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he will do. And for better or worse at times, things are going to work out. Because God says that, hey, when you believe in me, when you put your faith in me, when you put your trust in me, things will work out for you. And even if not in this life, you will spend eternity with me. I mean, Abel knows that all too well. In this chapter, if you read it, and I would encourage you to read the whole thing, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, all mentioned in this passage, all great examples of faith being rewarded. In John 20, uh, one of the disciples, Thomas, this is after Jesus has been resurrected, he says that he is not going to believe in Jesus, right? You, I'm sure a lot of you have heard this story as well. He's not going to believe in Jesus, that, that Jesus has been resurrected unless he sees Jesus. Like unless he touches the holes in the hands and pokes his fingers in his side, that's not happening. I need to see it. And in verse 29, Jesus says to him, he says, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, it's really easy to believe in something when you can see it. If you're in the boat when Jesus walks on water, you believe that. I saw that. Maybe don't understand it, but that dude just walked on water straight from there to in the boat. Like, easy to believe. If you're in the group of the Israelites when the Red Sea parts, you believe that. You were there. We weren't going to be able to get along to the other side. Something parted the waters. My guess, God. And I walked through. Like, you believe that because you were there and you see it. But we don't have that luxury in our faith today with Jesus. To physically see Jesus, to physically see God do things all the time, except for in our own personal experience. In our own personal experience. See, like a lot of times we're not going to see something and say, oh, that was God. When I was in college, Katrina hit at that time, and we were in a Bible class, and somebody brought up the point. Somebody said, why aren't we calling this God's judgment on New Orleans? My first thing was like, uh, no. Right, because what good does that do? Well, how does that further the kingdom of God? How do we tell people God ruined your entire city and killed all these people because of the sin in that city? And quite frankly, maybe God was behind that. But I don't know how we further the kingdom of God when we place the blame of destruction on God. That makes sense. But every one of us in our own lives has experiences that we can't explain how things worked out except for, well, God had to do it. God had to do it. Now, a lot of you guys know my story. When I was 18, long story short, drugs, alcoholic, went to a church camp, quit cold turkey, 
God completely changed my life, had no withdrawal. Like everything that happened in that situation could not have happened if it was not for God. I have no other explanation. The science does not match up with what occurred in my body and what occurred in my life. And so you can't tell me that God was not there in that moment and in that place. And I think that every single one of you has some sort of experience like that where you can say, God did this for me, I know he did. And I don't just have faith in God, but I know in God because I know what he's done for me. I know what I've seen and what has happened in my life. And so when other people look at us and they say, how can you believe that nonsense? Well, I'll tell you why. Because one, it's not nonsense. Listen to what God has done for me. At the end of the day, faith is a choice. And you will believe in God because you choose to or you will fail to believe in God because you choose not to. And that's just the fact of the matter. You can talk to me all day long until you're red in the face about science and how men don't walk on water and how seas don't just part and how different things don't occur. And and listen, I'm not anti-science. Love science. Find it fascinating. Agree with a whole heck of a lot of it. And I don't always know how science and the Bible fit together. I'm not an expert on that. But this is what I know in my heart of hearts. That God is who God says he is. And God will do what he says he does. And the only reason I can say that I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt is because God has done things in my life that I cannot explain through any other means of saying that God did that. And that's the power and the relationship that we have with God that we need to share with others. Listen, you may not understand. I don't always understand. But this is what I know to be true. And if I didn't honestly believe this, if I didn't honestly feel this way, then I would not say that. I would not speak to this. At the end of the day, I believe because I choose to. What do you choose to do? What do you choose to do? That's the decision that you have to make. And if your choice is faith, then your choice is to follow. If your choice is faith, then your choice is to follow. Let's pray. God, we come to you right now. We thank you for everything that you have done for us as individuals and as a member, a group of believers corporately, Lord. You act as you say you will act. You do things, God, that cannot be explained by any other means uh, than that you did them. And Lord, I pray that all of us use those experiences. We cling to those experiences to have faith in you, to step out in a direction that you would call us to, in a direction that we may find uncomfortable, in a direction that we... Uh, may not be completely in line with, and Lord, that you just make it clear to us. Give us no other way but the way that you would have us to go. God, I thank you for everything that you've shown us during this series, that you are faithful, that you know how hard our life is, that you know that we're not perfect, that we don't have to be and that you made a way anyways for us to still spend eternity with you. God, that's my prayer this morning, that everybody understands that this morning, that that there's nothing that separates them from you other than their own choices. And God, they can choose to believe, or they can choose not to, But God, I pray that you make yourself so evident and so clearly 
present in their lives that they only have one choice to make. Lord, I lift up every single person in this room to you that whatever they have going on in their lives right now because life is messy and life is crazy and life is full of ups and downs and all sorts of things, God, that they never lose sight of the fact that you are here to lead our steps. And that even though it may not seem like it at times, God, if they step out in faith in you, that everything will be okay. Lord, I love you. We love you. We ask for all these things in your name. Amen. Now, I'm going to be back in my normal position over here to the left. If you need to pray about anything, if you need to talk about anything, come pray with me. Come talk to me. If you guys need anything, I mean, I mean that, anything, let me know. We want to be here as an organization, as a church, as a leadership team to serve you. So don't be afraid to come talk to us because there is no imperfection that you have that we don't have in our own lives. There's no struggle that you have in your life that we don't have in our own lives. Let's worship.